Welcome to Live Daf, your online Daf Yomi Shir. Shalom Aleichem and welcome back to today's Daf Yemi Nedorim Daf Zayin. We are right on top of the Amad Yesh Yad Litzdaka. Oyein Yad Litzdaka. Picking up where we left off yesterday. Yad, that's the partial expression. Incomplete, lushing of Neder or Shvua. And we learn from a Pasuk that Yad can activate a Neder. So even if it's just a partial expression, we consider it as a full expression, in which case the neder or shvua is activated. Yesterday we asked, what about the expression of kedushin if it's done part way? What about designating a portion of my field for peya if it is done in a yad fashion, an incomplete expression? We left it off as a question. Today we're going to add a couple more to that question, to that list of possible situations where Yad can work. The first of which is Tzedakah. Asks the Gemara, Yesh Yad Litzedakah? Oy, ain Yad Litzedakah. Perhaps if a person expressed himself just part way, in an abbreviated Tzedakah commitment, does that work or not? Hey what exactly do you have in mind? Omar Hadein Are we speaking that he pointed to a coin Hadein Zuza, this coin Litzdaka is designated for Tzedakah and he committed himself to give this coin to Tzedakah in that fashion. And then he turned to the next coin on the table, V'hadein Nami, and this as well. Says the Gemara, Ha'ud Tzedakah that's not a Yad, that's a clear-cut, outright commitment. This and this as well. That's not Yad. Ella, rather, here's an example of a Yad. Kigoyin de Omar Hadein. So first he commits coin A, then turns to coin B, and simply says the word Hadain. And he, he fails to add the word Nami. So it's this, and then he says Vihadain, and this Vihadain, but without Nami. My. How do you treat his words? Shall we say, Hadain Nami Tzedakah When he said to the second coin, well, this is this and this. He meant, well, this as well will be for tzedakah. So the yad, the abbreviated partial expression can work. Or perhaps yad does not work by tzedakah. And therefore, when he said v'hadein, it doesn't necessarily trigger a tzedakah commitment. Will interpret the word Perhaps all he meant was, I'm going to spend this coin on something else. This is Tzedakah and this is for something else. He simply failed to complete, to finish off what he wanted to say. He stopped mid-sentence, but perhaps he was never intending on donating that second coin to Tzedakah. Now, what are the two sides of this of this coin of this question? shall we say, given the iskus to carbonis? After all, we find that stucca commitments were described in the same pasuk as carbonis commitments. The chesib pichazut stucca. This is a pasuk in Dvarim, which comes right after 
the uh, the pesukim that discuss balta acher when you uh, commit to bringing a carbon, don't delay, don't diddle daddle, bring it right away as we discussed back enough enough kimmel. In that pasuk we find the word bepicha, and the gemara interprets that to be referring to tzedakah, bepicha to tzedakah, tzedakah commitments, tzedakah promises. So perhaps we'll connect tzedakah to karbonis, and we'll say ma karbonis. Just as the Yad concept applies to a carbon, a nether commitment, likewise, Tzedakah commitments come along with the Yad option as well. Or perhaps, the connection is limited only to that specific halacha of Balta Acher. Don't delay your carbon, don't delay your Tzedakah. But in terms of Yad, who's to say that it applies? Uh, to the What about Hefker? Yesh Yad Hefker? If one turns his item into Hefker, makes it ornerless. Right? But he only expressed it in, a, in an abbreviated um, fashion. Does Yad activate Hefker as well? Yesh yad lahefker? Oidome ein yad lahefker? Yes or no? Says the Gemara, why would you ask? Hefker hainu tzedakah. Hefker is really sort of a variation of tzedakah. What's the connection between hefker and tzedakah? So Teisva says, because typically when a person gives away his stuff, what does he really hope for? That a poor person will stumble upon that item and take it. Right? May as well do a good deed with my hefker. So he's thinking in terms of tzedakah. So perhaps hefker and tzedakah go hand in hand. And just as tzedakah perhaps has yad, hefker as well. Imtum tzalema, if you will propose, imtum tzalema ka'amar. So the second question, the hefker question is sort of based on the tzedakah question. If, you shall say, imtum tzalema, if, it is indeed true. If we shall theorize that Yesh Yad Litzdaka, that Stoka has Yad, because the Ein Hekesh Lamechza, once you connect once you connect Stoka to um, Karbonis in that Pasuk, we know that a Hekesh cannot you know, be a halfway connection. So let's work with the assumption that just as Nidarim have Yadis, so does Tzedakah. Right? Let's just go back two lines again. Is there Yad for Hefker or not? And the more asked, what do you mean? Hefker, Hainat Tzedakah. Hefker and Tzedakah are synonymous. Why would you separate the two? The more answers like this. The reason why we have a question by Hefker is as follows. We're going to work with the Imtim formula. If you shall say, provided that is true. What do you mean? Imtim Tzalaymar Provided it is so. Let's conclude in theory that regarding that first question, Tzedakah, yes, it has Yad. Because once Tzedakah is connected, is stated in close proximity to Karbanais, in that same Pasuk as Karbanais, once there's a connection, it's all the way. 
right? And if you connect, you know, stucca to nether regarding balta acher, then you connect it regarding yad as well. So having known that, having that established, perhaps let's go to the next question. Hefker me, hefker. What about a hefker? Mi amrinan. Hefker, shall we say that hefker is like stucca, as we just explained? Hefker is sort of a form of stucca, just as the hekish between carbonis and stucca teaches us that just as carbon has yodos and balta achar, so does stucca and hefker as well. Or perhaps shanit stucca. Stucca is a bit different than hefker. Because after all, the tzedakah is limited to poor people. When it comes to hefker, true, perhaps you would like the honey to get it, but technically speaking, it's different than tzedakah. It's considered ownerless for everybody. Everybody has a right to take it. So perhaps it's a bit dissimilar and would not have the din of the others. So we had a question regarding Tzedakah, regarding Hefker, here comes question number three. What about when it comes to Obeis HaKisei? What exactly do you have in mind? We're speaking about uh, designating a specific room to be a Kise, which would uh, no longer allow us to enter that room and speak words of Kedusha like Kriyashma, etc. So, does the Yad concept apply when a person designates, verbally designates a Besakis? So what exactly are we speaking about? What did he say? He points to a specific room. This is going to be the future Besakis. And then turns to the room next door, this as well. Says the Gemara, well, in this case, you don't need Yad. He clearly specified that both will be a Besakisei. Of course, room number two assumes the status of Besakisei. This is not Yad, this is outright designation. Ella, rather, Omar, After designating room one as a future Besakisei, he turned to room two and simply uttered the word Vehadein. And failed to add the word Nami. My, how do we interpret what he said? Hadain de Omar. My Hadain de Omar. What is it that he said with the word Hadain? Vadain Nami Besakise? This too will, will serve as a future washroom? Or perhaps. My Vahadain, when he said the word Vahadain, he meant as a storage room, Tashmisha Bama, for other uses. Kamar, that's what he that's what he was uh, you know uh, trying to say. But never had a mind to designate that second room as a basic kisi as well. So this is an example of Yadis. It's a, a partial expression. Does Yad apply to Besakis? Asks the Gemara. The fact that Ravina is even discussing designating washrooms indicates that he holds that has Zmona by designation. That room can assume the status of Besakise with all its ramifications. Is that so? Do you mean that Ravina had this clarity? The Yesh Zimon the Besakise that Zimon 
designation, earmarking for future base Akisa use has ramifications, has repercussions, changes the status of that room. Vamabayil Ravin Ravin himself posed this as a question. He's minil besakisa mo. What if a person prepares, designates a room for future besakisa use? Does that change its status? Can you still daven there or not? He's minil besamberchutz mo. Same regarding reserving it as a future bathhouse. Zimun mail, shall we say, designation works? Or perhaps it does not change its status. So why is he discussing Yad of Zimun Beisakisei if we're not even, uh, we haven't even concluded whether Zimun at all works in this context? Yes, says the Gemara, you're right. He wasn't clear on the actual halacha. It was just sort of a, a theoretical question. Ravina Chado, Ravina was presenting one question, Migoy Chado. Sort of coming out of the other question. Coming boy, lady. And that's what he was asking. First of all, question A. Zimun moil? I ain't zimun moil. In concept, does designation change a status or not? So, designation outright, does that work to make it a basic say? Yes or no? I'm not sure. But now, on top of this question, I have another question, which, which sort of falls out of this question. Suppose, yes, Zimun can be an effective means of changing the status, if that's the case. How clear, how outright does that expression have to be? What about a Yad? Does that work in terms of Zimun? Does it accomplish the same? Yes or no? Hence, the question posed in our sugya which was sort of riding on top of the other question. Suppose Zimun and concept works, how clear do you have to be? We'll leave it as a question mark. And the run concludes, we had a question regarding Yad by Kiddushin, Yad by Peya. Today we added three more to the list. So since we left it unresolved, we go to Chumrah in terms of Kiddushin, it's considered a Kiddushin. In terms of Besakise, uh, the last item, it's certainly only Adindra Bonan, and you can go to Kula on that. And regarding the other items, Peyot, Staka, and Hefker, he says, of course, uh, again, it's a Suffolk Mamoin, and therefore, you don't have to give up the money, we go to Kula, if um, there was a Yad expression involved. Fine. Back to the Mishnah, which concluded with a menuda anilacha expression. So he turns to Shimon, he says, menuda anilach, is that a form of nether expression? Rabbi Kiva, sort of was, like, it's an expression, he was scratching his head, sort of deliberating. And he concluded, you have to be machmer, and consider menuda lacha as an expression of nether, which precludes any partaking of your food, of your items, I am usher in those items. Amr Abayi. But you should know that even Rabbi Akiva wasn't 100% conclusive on this. Moide Rabbi Akiva, Linin Malkus. Even Rabbi Akiva agrees that a fellow who violates this sort of questionable, you know, nether would not get Malkus. We have to be machmer. Treat it like a nether, but ultimately if he violates, if he partakes, if he eats from Shimon, he will not get Malkus, which is the standard punishment for 
violating a nether. It's just a chumr. You can't prove that he did something wrong. You can't give him malchus. Then can because otherwise, nisni, Rabbi Kiva machmer. Otherwise, if Rabbi Kiva was absolute and conclusive that this is considered a lush and nether, he wouldn't say, Rabbi Kiva, he would say, machmer. It's us. Apparently, he's unsure it's a suffix. So, keep away, but there's no malchus as a result. Now, in exactly which case is there a machlekes? And in which case do they agree? One way or the other. Amra, Papa, there are three possible cases. Bin Nadina Mincha. Ruben tells Shimon, Nadina Mincha. Now, Ran says, Nadina comes from Nav and Nod, from Nida. Richak, distancing. I'm keep, keeping away from you. All agree. The Kuliamali plig all agree. The Asr. That is a form of nether. I'm going to keep away from you. It's like Murchakani Memcha, the other Lashon in the Mishnah. Now, of course, uh, the Ran adds that provided he concluded with the word Shani Oichalacha. We had back on Davdala. Shmuel told us that it has to be something clear, you know, and obvious. Nadina Mimcha, there will be distance between us. I will keep away from you. Shani Echlach, pertaining to any food that I can eat from yours. Right? So that's considered a lush and nether, quite all shit is. Nadina Mimcha, the Kuli Amalai Pligida Asr. That's on one side of the spectrum. On the other side, you have Meshamtana Minach. Shamta is a lush of excommunication. Cherem. Nidui. So, I'm going to be like in Cherem with respect to, you know, you and your items. That's not a nether. You're going to keep away from him. It doesn't mean that you applied Isser to his items. The Lukuli Amushari all agree it's mutter. It's not a Lashan nether. But my plea, when do we have a Machlokis? Between Rabbi Akiva, who is Machmer, and Chachamim, who are Matir, in a very specific case. That's what he said. There are two ways to interpret Menuda. The Rabbi Kiva Savar Lishna Rabbi Kiva maintains this is very similar to the first Lashna of Nadina Mencha. Menuda. Same Sherish. No, Nad, Nida, distancing, separation. Menuda Anilcha. It's describing that act of distancing. It's like the verb, the, the mass, I'm, I'm going to keep away from you. Basically, your stuff are asa to me. And we're speaking that he you know, concludes with shani oichalacha. So it clearly pertains to distancing from the other fellow's food. So it's a lashen nether. For Rabbanon Sabri, they disagree. They hold Lishna de Mishamtanu. It's just another form and version of excommunicate. It's like Shamta, like Cherem, Nidui. The status rather than the act. Menuda is Lashna of Nidui. I'm going to treat myself like a, a Menuda. So instead of like sort of describing the distancing, Menuda, I'm going to be distancing myself. Distance, I'm a Menuda. It's like almost like a status, like a label, like a name. I'm going to treat myself as though I'm in a state of nidui, 
a state of cherem, a state of excommunication with respect to you. That's personal. It doesn't relate to the actual food belonging to the other fellow, to the actual item belonging to the other fellow. It's not a lashon nether. So nadina is aser. Nadina shaleyachlach. Because I'm going to be distanced from, with respect to any of your food. Mishamtana, it's a lashon of cherem. It's just a status. It's a status of being excommunicated. It's not describing an isra chefza, something pertaining to, you know, his, the other person's food, the other person's items. All agree that's mutter. Menuda is sort of in between. Is it a status, in which case it's mutter, or is it describing distancing, in which case it's it's um, it's asr. So we keep a hold. It's lashon neder. Rabban hold it's mutter. Because it's very similar to Shamta, to Cherem. It's just describing a status of being distant, unrelated to Nether. So that's Rav Papa. But this is in disagreement with Rav Chizda, who will hold that by Mishamtana as well, we have a Machlekes. And Rav Kiva would consider that to be a Lush and Nether as well. How do we know this? There was an incident with this fellow, the Omar, who expressed himself like this. Mishamtana? or I'm going to consider myself in a state of shamta, in a state of cherem, like excommunicated, with respect to the nechasim, the belongings of the son, the braid, Rav Yirmiyah Baba. That was the, uh, that was his chant. So he comes to Rav Chizda. Am I Asr? Is this a nether? Rav Chizda says, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Rekiva. We, we don't hold like a Rekiva. He holds it's us, but we don't agree with him. Now, let's focus on the words that he actually said. Mishamtana, he said. The fact that Rabbi Chizda relates, relates this to the Machlegas and seems to indicate very clearly that Rekiva would consider Mishamtana as a form of nether. This shows that because is of the opinion that the Machlekes in the Mishnah pertains to Mishamtana, and even there, Rabbi Kiva considers it a Lashon Nether. Okay, before we continue, bottom line is, we have three possible expressions. Nadina describes distancing myself from the food that you can offer me, Shani that's a Lashon Nether. Menuda Anilacha, Shani Rebekiva says, here as well, it's describing the act of distancing, refraining from having your food. That's Lashon Nether. Chacham says, it's like a Lashon of Cherem. It's just describing a status. I'm going to be in a state of disconnect from you. That's not a Lashon Nether. Regarding Mishamtan, certainly it's just describing a status. It's like a Lashon of Cherem, excommunication. There's no Isser there. According to Rebchizda, the Machlekes applies to this case as well. Once we're on the topic of Nidui, of Cherem, Omrab Ila, Omrab Ila Omrab, Suppose, you know, the, the Chacham applied a Nidui. This is just a, a form of, of Cherem, of excommunication. So he did it directly, in person. You are in a state of Nidui. Ein Matir Noy El so a person misbehaved, he was deserving of nidui, of being put in cherem. You do it personally, 
in front of the of the um, of the perpetrator, then you have to remove it in his presence as well. When it comes time to remove it, you can't do it at a different location. You have to come back and do it in front of him, or summon him to the bezin, and they'll do it in front of him. Nido neither took place when he wasn't around. In that case, matirin they can be matir, they can remove that status whether he's here or not. And the Ran explains, based on the Yerushalmi, it's based on the concern of Hashad. Because one day he says, Look, I'm in Kherim. Next day, suddenly everybody's associating with me. What's, what happened? They're violating the Kherim, the Nidui. He won't know that they already revoked, they removed, they expired, the, 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 um, they canceled, they needed. So in order to remove any concerns of, uh, of inappropriate appearances, right, to, to remove any misconception of people perhaps uh, thinking that uh, the need is being violated, you have to remove it and cancel it in front of him. So if the Nidhi was applied in his presence, you have to call him back and remove it in his presence. But if the Nidhi was applied but he wasn't here, then the fellow's thinking, okay, look, just as they applied it without me being there, they they perhaps removed it. So when he sees people, you know, going near him and dealing with him, I'll think, okay. For some reason they decided to cancel the Nidhi, they didn't inform me, it's okay, just as they uh, activated it without my consent, without my knowledge, they removed it as well. If one hears his friend uttering Hashem's name in vain, that's a terrible Avera, he has to turn around and place his friend in a Nidhi state. And if he failed to do that, he ignored his friend's violation, who then he himself deserves to be in Nidui as well for ignoring what happened and failing to step forward and protect Hashem's honor. Because this type of behavior is very, very destructive. Whenever Hashem's name is mentioned in vain, and uh, of course, it's a violation of the pasuk as Hashem Khatira, which instructs us to treat Hashem, Hashem's name, with utmost reverence. So, in a place where they violate, they negate this halacha, Shom Anius Metsuya, poverty is prevalent in that place. So, this leads to Anius. And how severe is Anius? Anius Kemis Anius is equated with, with death. Shenemar, how do we know that? Pasuk says, Ki mesu kol This is by Moshe um, Rabbeinu, when Hashem tells him, go back, don't worry, go back to Mitzrayim, your pursuers, Dosan Vaviram, had already passed away, they're dead. And the question is, we know that they, they were around throughout the Midbar, most notably during the Machlekes between Kairach and, and Moshe Rabbeinu, they were there. So what did Hashem mean when He said, Mesu? They already passed away. We learn from here that there are other forms of passing. When one loses his mummy, when he becomes poor, he loses his power and his influence. That is tantamount to Misa. Interesting, the Ran asks, you know, the Gemara later says that there are four situations which are which are equated to to uh, to Misa. Arbo, Hashub, and Kemes. 
Ani, right? Poverty, Usuma being blind, Matsura, and one who has no children. So he says, why? Uh, how do we know that Mesu in this case refers to Anius? He says very Pashat. They weren't blind because by the Kairach story, they actually told Moshe, they said, well, if you poke out our eyes, well, we're not even going to come to you. So they were alluding to the fact that they had perfect eyesight. It cannot be that they were Metzairoin, because the Pasuk describes them as Bekerev Kol Yisrael, they, well, they dwelled amongst the community, and the Metzair is meant to be sent out. And regarding uh, children, so he says that can't be the reason why we're considering them a maze, because, you know, why would that, you know, provide Moshe Rabbeinu with a sense of security. They had no children, so they're Mesu, so you can go back to Par. They're not, they're not going to bother you. Just because they had no children, that's not going to um, take away from their influence. So apparently, when the Pasuk says Ki Mesu Anoshim, it was alluding to the fact that they lost their they lost their uh, their money. They became poor. In which case, the Ran says, Their influence has waned. They're no longer players. They no longer have, have influence. In Paris court, in which case you're safe to go back. So bottom line, Anius is equated with Misa. Ki mesu kol furthermore we learned, kol Whenever we find the term, you know, chachamim placing their eyes with a stern, you know, look and, and gaze in a, you know, punishment context, what happened as a result? Oy Misa oy or death or poverty. So we see that Oini and Misa are tantamount or equated with each other. And therefore, in our case, we see how severe, how difficult this uh, violation is. So saying Hashem's name in vain brings poverty, which is equated with Misa, and of course. want us to take great care to avoid and to prevent others from doing so. And if in fact you see somebody violating, you place them beneath it. Now, how do we know that mentioning Hashem's name brings bracha? Right? The Gemara says uh, violation uh, and, and negating Hashem's name, mentioning Hashem's name for naught brings poverty. The opposite of what it should bring when it's mentioned in proper context. So how do we know that? So the, the Iran says because the pasuk says, "Bechol hamokim asher asker shmi avay at any place where my name, Hashem speaking, Hashem says, any place where my name is mentioned in a positive context, I'll come and provide you with bracha. Says the Ran. The fact that Askaras Hashem in a positive mitzvah context generates blessing and abundance. Likewise, on the flip side, conversely, mentioning Hashem's name for naught is goyrim anius takes away bracha chas v'shalom and as we learn bracha taken away is equated with misa and therefore wants to take great care to prevent this type of situation says the Gemara Amar Rabbi Abba Havakaimna I was standing kamei Huna in front of Rav Huna Shama and I was observing the following Shama lach itasar Rav Huna here is this woman da'abka askara sashem elatala who um was mentioning Hashem's name for naught. Shamta, Rav Huna turned around and placed her in Cherem. But right away, he undid the Cherem. Immediately, he released her from the Cherem, but it was Ba'apa in her presence. And I learned three halachis from that episode. Number one, 
I heard three things. Shmamina I learned. Number one, Hashemia Skoras Hashem Pichavera. When one hears his friend mentioning Hashem's name in vain, he should put him in Khirim. Number two, Bishmamina Nido Bifanov. When he applies a Nidoi directly in person, Ain Matirna El Bifanov the Heter, the release can only take place in his presence, as we learned before. Ushmamna, the third thing I learned. The time gap between activating the nether and canceling the, the nidu, I mean, and canceling the nidu can just be a short moment. You don't need to wait, you know, a minimum of 30 days. The point is just to send a message. Just as Ravuna did, in and out. Omar of Gidla Marav, Tamut Chacham, who considers himself in violation of halacha, and deserving of Nidui, he has the ability to apply the Nidui state to himself, personally, as well as the ability to be mefer, to disrupt, to cancel, to terminate the Nidui. Pshita, of course, why would I think otherwise? Maudatema, perhaps, ain't chavash mater atzmai, beis asurim, is a common phrase. One who is tied up, one who is imprisoned. A chavash can't release himself from prison. You need an outsider to help you. Perhaps once the Chacham has placed himself in a state of Nidu, he can't just turn around and undo it from to himself. Kamash mon the chiddush as he could. Hey chidami, give an example. This type of case. Kihad marzutra chasida, as per marzutra the chasid. Kimcha yibabirav shamta. If it so should happen that one of the talmidim and the yeshiva was deserving of shamta of cherem of Nidu, what would marzutra do? First, he would place his own self in, in Cherim, in Shamta, out of deference to the Talmud, out of covered. Look, um, I'm in this with you. We're together in this situation. And then he would turn around and offer Shamta to the Talmud. But it was just a short lived experience. As soon as he got home, the Marzutra, the Rebbe, as soon as he came home, he wanted to undo the Cherim from the Talmud. So he said, okay. First, let me take off the cherem for myself. Because if he's still in the cherem, he can't undo his Talmud's cherem. That's too much. So first he would take off his own cherem. And then, he would turn around and release the Talmud from that cherem nidoy shamta state. So we see that a Talmud Chacham can place himself in this type of state and release himself from that state as well. So bottom line is, we discuss Yodais, by Kedushin, Peyat, Stoke, Hefker, Mesakise. The conclusion was that we have to go to Chumrah, when it's Dairaisa, like by Kedushin. However, by Mesakise, which is the Rabbanon, you can go to Kula. Regarding monetary uh, issues like Peyat, Stoke, and Hefker, we go to Kula as well, hold on to the money. Lashen Nedina. Certainly is considered a lashen of distancing, of limiting yourself from the other friend's food. It's a lashen of neder. Minuda, okay, I can go either way. It's a machlekes, we keep as machma, but of course Abayi tells us there's no malchus, because it's only a chumra. Mishamtina, well, according to Rav Papa, it's certainly okay. According to Rav Chizda, the same machlekes applies to that case as well. We don't say halachs regarding nidu, which is a form of cherem. If one should hear somebody speaking, it's very dangerous. Put him in Nidui. 
Um, we learned that when a nidu is applied in a person's presence, it should be removed in his presence as well. This way he knows that it's, that it's over and he uh, understands why people are integrating with him. We learned that uh, you can place it and remove it you know, in close proximity. There's no need to wait uh, you know, a prescribed period. And a Talmud Chacham can do it to himself and release himself from that condition as well. Hatzach Rabbi Tzivan B'Suras Taibes. <laughs>